Hello and welcome friends. You are now listening to the new grad physical therapist success blueprint audio experience. I am the host of this podcast, Javier Carlin, the founder of the new grad PT mentors, where we help new grad physical therapists like yourself to become confident clinicians, increase their worth as PTs and take control of their finances without burning out or needing 10 plus years of experience. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much. It means the absolute world to us. And if you have any questions at all, reach out to us at contactngptmentors.com. That is contactngptmentors.com. If you haven't already, make sure to join our free Facebook group, New Grad PT Mentorship, and follow us on Instagram at the New Grad PT Mentors. Thank you so much. Now on to the show. In this episode of the New Grad Physical Therapist Success Blueprint Audio Experience, Dr. Javier is joined by special guest Dr. Janine Freeberg, founder of Little Steps Big Strides, a home-based pediatric and animal rehabilitation company. Tune in to get an inside look at what it's like to be a canine physical therapist and the steps she took to get into this career path. She also discusses the importance of not limiting yourself to just one or two settings and encourages you to find your niche in whatever you are passionate in. As Janine puts it, you are only limited to your imagination. Welcome back to the New Grad PT Success Blueprint. I'm your host, Javier Carlin, the founder of the New Grad PT Mentors. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Janine. She received her uh, bachelor's in PT from NIU in 1998 and her transitional doctor of physical therapy from Rosalind Franklin University of Medicine and Science in 2007. She specializes in treating neurological patients in both the pediatric and animal worlds and has two home-based physical therapy companies, Little Steps Big Strides and Little Steps Big Strides for Pets. She is currently excited to be working on bridging her career and personal growth from the past 21 years into two projects, Little Steps Big Strides for Kids and the Pause Together Workshop. Janine is the mom of two adorable dachshunds with disabilities and is excited to speak to you today about her insights that she's gleaned from her, from her time in the PT profession. Janine, thank you so, so much for jumping on the podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me, Javi. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I'm super excited for this. We've got gotten to know each other, you know, in the last couple of months. Um, and your story is absolutely amazing. Your mission is incredible. And I can't wait for our listeners to, to hear all about it today. So, um, so let's dive into it. Can you give the listeners a glimpse of your background and then just dive into your journey um, after graduating from PT school? Okay. So um, tell me if I'm going back too far, but I, I think, um, I was always such an animal lover growing up that most people thought I'd probably try and apply to vet school. Um, but the whole emotional attachment to being a vet, I didn't think I could handle. Um, I have nothing but respect for vets and, and what they do on a daily basis, but I just, I just didn't know if I could, if I could do that. Um, so the PT always uh, appealed to me, just empowering people to get better. Um, and that whole philosophy was something that I could, I could really get behind. So um, I set down the, the PT path. Uh, initially, I wanted to work with um, people with spinal cord injuries. That was kind of my goal. Um, and along the way, I did, some I did a ton of volunteer work. I know for um, our, our PT, uh, I don't know how what it's like today because I went to PT school so long ago, but I know to even apply to PT school, we needed 50 volunteer hours. And I had like over 500 because I just really went wow. all in. Um, 
and I looked at a bunch of different options and settings and um, pediatrics that I never ever thought about doing really kind of appealed to me. And I think it was because the PT that I followed was amazing in so many ways. Just the kindest and smartest person I've ever met in my life. Still a dear, dear friend of mine. She's been a Pete's PT for over 30 something years and she just really, really um, lit something inside me. So um, I went to, I did one of my affils in PT school. I, I picked a pediatric one. And at the time, there weren't a lot of peds affils. Um, I knew there was a couple of people in my, in my PT school program that were into pediatrics. So there were like a couple of fills and we all kind of were fighting it out for who got one. So I ended up actually taking one even before I had my pediatric coursework, which was very intimidating, but it was the only way I knew I could get in and do it. Um, so I did that and I really liked it. And I went back and I talked to my mentor and she said her advice was to get a year of just general PT under my belt and decide if I really wanted to specialize. So I did that. Um, so I went in my, my general year of uh, PT. And during that time, I was probably had been a PT for about nine months or so. I was working at a large teaching hospital, rotating through all the different areas. And I loved it. I loved PT. Um, and I, I was raised Catholic. So I went to church one day. I was at mass. And there was a little boy that had like KAFOs on. Um, and I don't, I don't know if you've been to a Catholic mass, but it's lots of kneeling and sitting and standing and lots of position changes. Yep. And he amazed me so much because I watched him. He didn't just sit and say, you know, I have braces. I'm just going to sit here and chill out. He went up, down, up, down, up, down. And there was just something about him that just really, it just spoke to me. And I said, I just admired so much his drive. And I said, I'm going to go into pediatrics. So I did, I did my year in general. Um, and then I went into peds, um, do you want me to talk about the animal piece where it ties in or not yet? Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. I'm talking too much. <laughs> no, you're fine. Keep on going. This is great. Yeah. So during that time, when I was in my first year of PT school, I read an article in Advance magazine. I don't know if that's still around. Um, I think But it was so. like a little blurb. <laughs> is it? Okay. It's yeah. a little blurb about PT starting to work with animals. And I thought, oh my God, that's perfect. It's like the two worlds coming together. So I always kind of kept that in the back of my mind. Um, and then when I had been a PT for about four years, so I, I had been in my peds at this point, um, the neighbors across the street knocked on my door and said, our great Dane had a stroke and we know you're a physical therapist and what should we do? So I went over and I said, well, if it were a kid with hemiparesis, I would do this and I would do this and I would do this. And then I uh, came home and I looked up for vet rehab clinics and I found a place and I, I started there. So that's kind of where I say I I got into animal PT, but I actually forgot when I was about 11, my friends had hamsters and they had babies. And one of the hamster babies today had what I would recognize as hemiparesis. At the time, I just knew that he couldn't move one arm and one leg. Wow. So as a little kid, I remember trying to help him move his arm and his leg to keep up with the other little hamsters. So now I like to say that was my first animal patient. Uh, <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. So that's how it kind of started. So, and I, I have worked in um, full-time peds, full-time canine, part-time peds and canine. I've gone back and forth. I know some people that, that just stay in one lane, but for me, I think I'm a better therapist myself when I work in two worlds because I learn from each one to go back and forth. So like, again, other people's experience is different but that's, that's my own. So that's what I kind of do. Yeah. Oh man. I love that. So, so as far as the, you know, the animal world, that was, was that right after PT school as well? Or that was, um, I great. That was four years four after. Years after. Okay. So I did like a year general adults. I had been doing peds for three years and then I jumped into the animal world. 
Gotcha. Okay. Okay. That's incredible. So can, can you, cause I don't, I don't even know for me, for example, I, I found out about canine PT. I think it was about about maybe a year or two ago. So I didn't always know about that. Can you explain more uh, to the listeners who might not, you know, not even know that that's an option for them? Um, Because I'm sure it's, it's a huge need that needs to be filled. Oh yeah. And I don't think we're, we're at least for me, I don't think it was mentioned in school much, if at all. So would you, could you just explain that a little bit more? Sure. Yeah, yeah no, it, it probably wasn't mentioned. It wasn't mentioned in my school at all. Like I said, it, I, it was just a little blurb in an article that I kind of tucked in the back of my head and I thought yeah. I have to like get through boards and everything and then I'll, I'll think about doing that other stuff. But even at the time in 2002, when I started doing it, it had only been around for a couple of years. There weren't a lot of PTs in it. And so basically I walked into a vet rehab clinic and I said, Hey, I'm a PT and they said, well, here's a dog. What do you think? And I just thought, well, if this were a human, I would do this and I would do that. So I just extrapolated everything I did with humans to animal anatomy. And then I started learning animal anatomy. Then I started looking up um, different courses to go to. So I started taking some of the courses at the different, um, the different offerings they have. Um, So yeah, basically I, I just walked in even before there were really any, well, there were a few courses at the time, but before I even took any coursework, I just started like extrapolating my skills. So, um, for anyone that's listening to this, I would say check out Francisco's Facebook page for called Canine Physical Therapist because he does uh, he's done a really good job on trying to exactly take student PTs and, and new PTs who don't know about the canine world and really help you transition into it. Um, yep. That's been really that's really valuable. So I'd encourage anyone to check out Francisco's stuff. Um, so yeah, so that's 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 basically how it started. And so we were working in vet rehab clinics alongside veterinarians, and now you see more and more of us kind of branching out on our own. Um, because it is, we have such a skill set to, to bring because there are vets and there's um, vet techs that take courses in canine rehab. But what we bring to the table in terms of what we know about biomechanical analysis and joint motion and and all the things we spend years and years studying, you can translate very well to an animal model. Um, there's even animal or even PTs that work at zoos or consult at zoos, which I think is really cool. That's so um, cool. It is. One of my PT professors um, in my DPT program there's a zoo in near Chicago called Brookfield Zoo. It's very big, very well known. One of the dolphins had pneumonia. So she got an anatomy book out and started looking at dolphin lungs Whoa. and went in there and did um, chest PT on the dolphin um, for his pneumonia. And there's another sign at Brookfield Zoo. There was a... Um, you know who would probably love to do that? Who? Greg. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'll do it with him. <laughs> That'd be super cool. There was a... Um, there was a gorilla that had a hip issue and because he had a hip issue, he transferred even more weight to his arms. If you think about how a gorilla walks. Uh Um, So they called a a PT from Loyola to come over and consult with the trainers. I don't think you could do a lot of hands on with the gorilla. (laughs) (laughs) On what to do. Um, I'm also huge into animal orthotics. I love it. I'm fascinated by it. I think because I use so many orthotics with my pediatric neuro patients. So I mean, I, when I started doing canine rehab, um, my boss said, he's like, I've never seen you so fired up about something. I was at him every day. It's like, I need an orthotist because if you don't get me one, I'm going to orthotic school Um, because there's just such a need for it. So um, there's even been uh, an orthotist that made a brace for a flamingo at the zoo. I mean, think about how they stand if you can only stand on one leg. Uh, And even when I was in PT school, my dad actually taped a special, it was like a national geographic thing. It was a peds PT my God, working with a baby polar bear Whoa. that couldn't move. Can you imagine? Oh, 
how amazing that would be. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There's, we have just so many skills that can translate to so many different There's just so many different animals out there to to rehab. (laughs) I did that. I was on vacation in um, San Francisco years ago and I was watching the way seagulls stand and I didn't realize that they hyperextend their knees like naturally. Uh-huh. So I was looking at one of them that was actually injured and how he was standing. And I'm like, oh my God, he needs an orthotic. Oh so, um, yeah. <laughs> I love I'd that. With, I'd work with everything if I could. Uh, oh my goodness. That's, that's, oh my goodness. That's amazing. So there's a lot of, a lot of different niches that you can go into in the, in the, in the, in the animal world. So <laughs> for yeah, anyone you know, there is, yeah. but I think even yeah. like for new grads, like you said, you you hadn't heard about animal PT, and I think even new grads need to look at all the different areas you can go into, even with humans. Like you're not limited to just ortho or yeah. neuro, or you know, you look at like performing arts PTs. Look at you if you have a passion for anything in your life, you can marry it to PT. You can find something if you're you know a golfer, a performing artist. I mean, there's. I mean, really, I think it's, you're only limited by your imagination and what kind of like little niche you could carve out for yourself. So I, I think if there's any like new grad PTs out there or PT students that are kind of like, I don't want to just work on an ortho floor all day long. Cause I mean, you're preaching to the choir. Like I hated doing post-op ortho on my, my rotation and I had mm-hmm. to do it. So if I had to do that every day, I would not be a PT anymore. So yeah. I would say just, just figure out what you love and you can marry it with your skills. I love that. I love that because I think so many of us settle for, for one special one area, one setting, just because we don't know what else is out there, and we're also scared of of the unknown, of course. But like as as exactly what you said, like use your imagination, be creative. Like there's so many people that you can help, so many pets that you can help, so many animals that you can help. So just kind of you know expand your horizons and see what else is out there that might actually make you happy. I think yeah. I think that's what's that's so important. So it seems like you had it like from everything that you've said, it seems like you've had, you had a great like experience as a new grad physical therapist, um, you know, coming out of school. Was there anything that you were struggling with that you'd like to share? Oh God, of course. Um, I think, you know, when we got out of PT school, we used to joke around that PT school taught us how to look things up because the (laughs) amount of like what, and I think it for, it took me a while to come to that realization. I think I came out thinking I was supposed to know everything. Um, and I've never been someone, I mean, honestly, I was, I was never a good studier. Um, I got by in PT school. I did well on tests that had patient examples that were like clinical exam- examples. And I could kind of sit and think about it and think like, what would I do with this person? What would I, but regurgitating facts and memorizing stuff was not my strong point. I mean, mm-hmm. it probably could have been, but I just didn't study the right way and put enough time into it. So I think coming out of PT school, I assumed everyone else in the clinic around me knew every fact, knew, you know, every theory, every this. So I'd be like looking stuff up on the fly and I'd be like embarrassed to tell someone I couldn't remember something. And, um, so I think that just that feeling of feeling like everyone else probably knows what they're doing and I'm the only one that doesn't know what I'm doing is complete BS. Like it's, it's just, it's just not true. Um, so I would, I would say, I think it's important. Like if I could go back and talk to myself, then I would tell myself that like, we're all learning. We're all a work in progress. You're not supposed to know everything. You are going to learn with every single patient. And I would say, be honest about what you know and you don't know and use your weaknesses as your strength because maybe I could not regurgitate every theory from a book, but I was eager to learn and I was willing to put in the time and I was willing to do anything. And I soaked up 
everything that my mentors had to tell me. So I think um, if you're honest and you say, hey, I don't know about this, but I really, really want to learn, um, I think mentors will really be drawn to you. And I know as myself, like now having been out 21 years and having a lot of clinical experience under my belt, I am actually looking to hire someone for my practice. And I would take a eager new grad any day over someone with experience that's phoning it in. So love it, love it, love it. So if anyone's listening right now, not right now, but you know, it's, we're recording right now, but if you're listening to this later on and you're looking for a job <laughs> in Chicago, in Chicago, yeah, you can reach out to Janine. Yeah, that'd be great. She has a very strict and stringent, uh, uh, interviewing process. <laughs> no, that, that'd be awesome. Uh, that, that is, I think, I think a lot of us feel that way. Like we, you know, we don't, and at the end of the day, does regurgitating information even like help anyone? You know, no. it's like, it's not practical at all. So it doesn't even matter, but we put this all, you know, it, it kind of sits in our head. It's like, it doesn't like, doesn't really matter. Like all that stuff is, it, it works great in school when you're trying to pass the multiple choice exam. Mm -hmm. But once you get into the real world, like it doesn't really matter. It's, it's, no practical use of things, uh, practical use of, no of knowledge, right? Absolutely. So, so, um, so aside from that, is there anything that you would have done differently knowing what you know now? Oh God. Yeah. Um, I think, I, uh, you know, there's a couple of things I would say, don't get too, don't draw too many red lines for yourself. I drew a red line early on that I was never going to own a clinic. I did not want to own a brick and mortar clinic. So because I kind of set that off in my mind, I kind of shut down any entrepreneurial um, goals for myself, even though I was an entrepreneur at heart. Um, kind of like going back to talking about like, you can do anything in PT if your imagination is big enough. I would say the same thing. You can still be an entrepreneur. You can still be a business owner. You can still create something without owning a brick and mortar clinic. So I think because I decided early on, like I'm never owning a clinic, I didn't go down and, and pursue mentors in the business world. Or um, I would come up with ideas for other people on things they could do because I didn't feel like I had enough clinical experience. And I was like, oh, hey, my mentor, you could do this or you could teach a class on this or you could start this program because I, I was a new grad and I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I had, I had the right to be speaking up yet and like offering ideas. I thought like you're just a cog in a wheel and you just have to like put in your clinical time. So I would say don't shut anything off. And just because you're a new grad, don't quiet yourself because you feel like you just have to be a soldier in line because um, I think so many people have so many things to offer um, at different points in their career. And I think if I had set goals for myself and kept some doors open, I would have been going down an entrepreneurial road at a much, much earlier pace than I actually ended up doing it. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah, that, that makes complete sense. That makes perfect sense. And I, I think, um, and things have evolved like last few years where things are so different. Um, where as before, like the only path to entrepreneurship or the only path that we knew about was opening up your own clinic, which is, it's, it's a lot of work, you know, it's, it's, time and energy and I mean open opening up an online business is, is the same amount of work mm -hmm. but at the end of the day there's a lot more investment that needs to be put in a lot more overhead a lot more you know expenses uh, into opening up a brick and mortar location mm -hmm. and it can be very overwhelming and and it's something that we know people listening might never want to do 
but the fact is that there's other things that you can do within that realm. So, so, um, so yeah, that makes per- perfect sense. Um, what, uh, so what, as far as like the business, the business that, that you created, tell, tell us more about that. Okay. So, well, I have a couple different, I mean, I do, I have a home, um, health pediatric physical therapy company. Um, so I do that. We're just going and doing home-based visits. Um, then I started doing a mobile, uh, I call it say animal, but mostly canines at this point, but I've done cats, um, a mobile animal in-home practice. Um, basically just because I, I saw what I did for the pediatric patients at home um, and saw how I could kind of do the exact same thing with the canine patients at home and offer that because I saw the, the different value that that brought to um, my pediatric clients. So those are my two um, mobile businesses. I'm also working right now on um, an offshoot of my, my home peds business. I think just... Um, looking at, you know, having been a clinician now for quite some time and looking at uh, the different things I'm doing, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I love PT. Um, but I realized with my peds patients, I felt like something was missing. Um, mm-hmm. Physical therapy is not their life. It's part of their life, but I, I don't know, just, just going in and just, you know, doing your half kneel skills and doing your dissociative positions and doing your transitions. I just, I think going into homes, I saw a lot of families and caregivers and I saw the anxiety that they had and whether or not their child had a severe disability or whether or not their child was typically developing, but maybe was just a little bit slower to do something. I felt like so much of my time these days is, is talking to parents and, um, because they're, they're so stressed out about when they're going to crawl, when they're going to walk, their friend's baby's already doing something. Is something wrong with my baby? Is my baby ever going to do this? And I just thought, oh my God, like, I feel like whether or not your baby's typically developing or atypically developing, people are missing out on like these really fleeting, precious moments because they're so worried about what's coming next. And um, I want to kind of do something to help people like empower them on how they can provide good input to their baby. So they know the future is going to like kind of take care of itself, but also how to like live in the present and, and using my PT knowledge to do that. So I'm um, starting little steps, big strides for kids. So the idea is it's going to be um, like kind of health and wellness classes for um, parents and children and how to teach parents how to like enhance their child's development. And the, the goal eventually is I, I want it to be because we're PTs versus just, you know, other people teaching developmental classes that we can, we can work with kids that also have disabilities and challenges. So kids with disabilities have more in common with children without disabilities. It's, they're all kids, right? So um, I want to kind of create a space where everyone, regardless of where your child is, can come and enjoy each other and have fun um, and, and do that. I don't know. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm babbling. <laughs> yes. No, it absolutely does. It, it, you're making great, like perfect sense. So, um, yeah. So I, and then the other thing I'm working on is, um, so I, um, I do canine PT, but I'm also, uh, like you said, a mom to two dachshunds with disabilities. Yes. Um, I said the word right. (laughs) You did a good job with dachshunds. German word. Um, So I, uh, I teamed up with a client who's actually a human massage therapist that had two pugs with disabilities. And uh, we kind of realized that even though we're clinicians, um, once you actually are the caretaker to an animal with a disability, probably much like my parents feel that have children with disabilities, it's kind of a whole different world. So um, we're starting uh, the Pause Together workshop 
which is just a, a community uh, to support uh, people who have animals with disabilities. So that's kind of the, the next goal. So I love it. Stuff coming with that. Yes. Yes. No, I, it's uh, that's, that's amazing. And going back to what you were talking about before, you know, wishing you, you hadn't closed uh, the doors or like drawn that line in the sand of like, no, I'm not going to be an entrepreneur nor not, nor not, no, I'm not going to open up my own clinic. And now seeing that, you know, you've done, you know, you've, you've started your business in like the, in the home health world with, you know, in the pediatric setting and also working with animals. And now you're doing this, mm-hmm. um, which again, it's different from, you know, the norm in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just something that it means a lot to you and it's, and you're going to help and serve so many, so many people. Um, and obviously you're super passionate about it. So I, I, I told you this before, but I really can't wait to see it flourish and, and mm-hmm. see what it becomes in the next few years. So, uh, everyone just keep an eye out cause she's going to, Janine's going to be doing some amazing things. She's already been doing amazing things, but yeah, it's going to get even, even more amazing. (laughs) Well, thanks. That's sweet. You guys, well, I have to thank all of you guys. I mean, seriously, some of you new grads are kicking ass and you're super inspiring to those of us who have been around a long time. You're kind of showing us there's another way to do things. And I, it's, it's kind of cool to see the mold being shaken up by, uh, by the next generation. And so you guys are, are teaching us too. So I want new grads to never doubt what they are bringing to the table because you are bringing a lot. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, and she said some new grads. So for the some that aren't, step it up. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you've stepped it up. You ki- yeah. You've kicked it up a notch. That's but-, <laughs> right. but you know what, Javi, too? The other thing I was going to say is even if, say you don't, like I didn't want to own a brick and mortar, but I own businesses. Say you don't want to own businesses at all. It doesn't mean that you just have to be a staff PT. Like if you love right. something, say you work at a clinic or you work at a hospital, but there's something you really love, like you can still be a staff PT, but develop a program, like go up to people, like reach out, talk to different department heads, like carve your own little niche wherever you are. Um, I just think people limit themselves off by thinking I have to go in, I punch the time clock and I go home. Like I, I mean, if I were a boss or a supervisor and someone came into me and want to start a program, I'd be like, you are awesome. Like, let's do it. You know? Yep. Yep. And, and I mean, you would hope that most you know, most uh, employers would be that way. So, but you don't know that until you actually go out and put yourself out there and, and attempt to do that. And I think that's a great way to, you know, not only help the employer, but also help yourself and, and do something that you love, but not taking the full 100% risk of, you know, starting your own business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a, that's a great, great tip. Um, because you can really start your own little side, side hustle within someone else's, someone else's practice. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that, that's a great piece of advice. Thank you. And for that. you know, you said you never know yeah. until you ask and it's true, but also yeah. if, if someone says no, don't, don't take that as like, it's a dumb idea or something. They might just not get you. I, I remember going, I remember telling people and saying, cause I used to do that when I worked in hospitals, I'd come up with program ideas and I said, no one knows what to do with me because everyone was so like by the book. Yeah. And it wasn't until I found one, I had one manager my whole career and all my years being employed by someone that actually understood me. And, you know, was like, let's do it. And, and, you know, gave me the license to do it. But just because someone says no, doesn't mean it's a dumb idea. Just means they don't get it. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's a no, not right now (laughs) or no, I don't understand right now, but eventually they will, or maybe it's too late. But anyway, you have to keep on trying because you never know. You never know when, when the idea is going to, is going to stick in someone's mind and, and they're actually going to allow you to to go through with it. And if you've tried and tried and tried again, and it's something you really want to do, just go somewhere else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, so what was the, the driving force for you 
um, that kind of finally pushed you into starting, you know, starting your own business? Um, I'm trying to think. So for the, for the canine one, it came because, so those managers I was talking about, the, I found one canine um, owner manager at a clinic that I worked with is the only person I ever felt that got me. Um, I would go to her with an idea and I'm, you know, as I think most of us are, I'm a creative type. I'm not really good at the details. Um, so I would go to her and say, Stacy, I have this great idea. And she'd be like, I love it. Let's do it yeah. by next week. Do this by this week, do this. So she would do all the checkpoints. She'd keep me on track. Like, and I'd be like running Stacy, I have another idea. And she's like, let me get my notebook. And she'd like write <laughs> everything down. And so it was amazing. And I, saw myself buying into that clinic as a partner someday. Like that was my dream. I had all these ideas of, of how we were going to take things and how we were going to branch out and what we were going to do. Um, and then Stacy called me one day and they were selling the clinic and I was heartbroken. Oh. Um, so I stuck around for a little bit, but I saw that the people who came in were very nice people. Um, but I saw my role changing. I didn't have, uh, Stacy wasn't there really encouraging me to to think outside the box anymore so i i just i just knew i wasn't going to stay there um and, and then at the same time i had a personal issue my other dachshund that i had before these two little guys she actually um ended up having cancer and i needed to i need more flexibility so that i could uh, take her to the university of madison for treatments so it was kind of like a, a personal professional thing together where i saw my role really changing um and i knew i just had to do something else on my own um, and I needed, I needed the flexibility of the time, which, you know, as one, uh, aspiring entrepreneurs, that's uh, something we all kind of strive for. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's like little things like that in life that happen to us that kind of, um, just force us to make moves that we otherwise probably wouldn't. So, you know, that it's, it's not easy and it's obviously, it's something that you would never want to happen uh, or, you know, it would have, it would have been it would have been nice for that not to have happened to, mm -hmm. to your dachshunds. But at the same time, it kind of like forced you on this path that who knows, otherwise you might not have gone on if it wasn't for that. Um, and it's not easy. You know, I, I think, I think and I'll, I'll kind of I'll like let you speak about what fears you had uh, before, you know, diving into starting your own business. Cause there's a lot, a lot that holds people back from, from take, taking that leap of faith and, and risking everything really. Um, at the end of the day, as physical therapists, we're lucky because we'll always know, you know, we have something to fall back on, mm -hmm. which is a good and bad thing because <laughs> we always know that we have something to fall back on. So mm -hmm. we don't, I feel like we don't go a hundred percent all in at times, not everyone, yeah. but at times. Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely what, what, like what fears did you have jumping into, into starting your own business? You know, I think it's the, the same fears everyone has about um, bringing clients and making ends meet. Um, yeah. I think, so I started my peds business in 2008. So I guess today the, the difference is just being able to, to use social media and your marketing to your advantage. Um, you know, back, back then, or even before then people didn't really, have a way to really generate as much of their own ad I mean, they did, but it was, you know, um, the same bringing donuts to your doctor's office kind of thing. It wasn't mm -hmm. the, the stuff you can do now. Um, I think for me to be totally open and honest, um, my, my Pete's home health business right now, it's, it's a little, it's safe because it's also, I do, I see some private kids, but I also see some kids for the early intervention system through the state of Illinois. I don't know okay. if you guys have that in Florida. It's like the zero to three program through the state. So that is a, a, referral source that comes through um nice it, there's pros and cons to it like it's a, it's a constant referral source but 
sometimes um, depending on the insurance or if there's no insurance, the state pays you. So it's steady money, but it's not as much money. So mm. you have to factor in, you know, so if I'm getting referrals from EI, I, I, I have a check on the table, but I have to see more kids. Um, the, the thing is, I guess, working for yourself too. I, I still go through this. If you don't work, you don't get paid. So um, that is always a fear, you know, um, mm. I, you know, I did that. You get sick for a couple of days and you're like, oh my God, that's, you know, 14 visits gone or 12 visits gone or yeah. whatever. Um, so you have to be able to budget. You have to reverse engineer. Um, so that's a little bit of a safety net right now as I'm doing my canine business and as I'm branching out into these other things. So what the thing I'm coming up against now is time. So I, I need to leverage, I need to hire more people and I need to kind of let some of this, the steady safe stuff go in order to pursue, pursue some of these other opportunities that I'm just gonna have to bite the bullet and do it. Cause that's where I'm really leaning and that's where my heart's kind of pulling me now. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to pretend I don't have any fears or I've conquered all of this because I am still kind of holding on to my safety net a little bit. And, um, mm -hmm. just kind of learning from all you guys and seeing all the things you guys are doing is kind of giving me the the push to kind of jump in with both feet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Um, it's like you, cause at the end of the day, like, you know, bringing people in and, and leveraging a team, which is, is the only way to, to go from self-employed to, you know, being a business owner where you don't, where, you know, if you do get sick or something happens where you have to take time off, like you're still bringing in revenue and still making some profit. Like that's the point that we all want to get to. Yeah. Um, but, but that, I think that like, we're not trained on how to do that in school, obviously, but just letting go of that. And cause that's, you also every I think we all feel like like we're the best ones for the people that we're serving and giving that away to someone else and not knowing how they're gonna take care of your patients ultimately yep. and, and how they're gonna make your company and your brand look is is tough. Um yep. and then what comes into play at that point is also, you know, having the time to train that person, yep. which just, you know, takes away more time from actually seeing patients yeah. uh at times. So it's like it's tough. It's People, a lot of a lot of us get stuck there, but once you kind of break through, I think the freedom that you get from that mm -hmm. and the relief of, of when things actually start working like in your favor, it's like, oh man, I should have done this like five years ago. <laughs> no, you're totally right. And I, I think for me now I'm getting to the point and I you're right, as PTs we we take a lot of pride in what we do and how we treat right. our patients and they're my patient. They'll only see me. And I think um I can't remember who said it or if it's like a like some kind of saying or something, but it's something about like the greatest, the greatest compliment when you're a teacher is when you're like student surpasses you, something like that. Oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And now it makes sense to me. And I, I think that is the, you know, that would be the greatest compliment. I would love to bring people on my team and at some point be like, you know, you need to see them because you're better than me at this. You know, like yeah. if you give someone a jumping off point, they do that is that, that makes complete sense to me. I think now that I'm older and I've been doing this for long enough and I can let go of my ego a little bit that I can say like, yeah, that's, um, that would definitely be what could serve more people the best. Yeah, um, for sure. About. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I think also, um, I think it was Greg that, that talked about this and I'm sure he's mentioned it a few times, but like figuring out like when we're stuck, um, when we're feeling stuck, cause obviously we're trained to implement like our skills and, and our clinical skills, like, mm -hmm 
you know, with our patients is like, 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 it's not how, how do I do it? It's more of like, who can help me, you know, achieve my dreams and who can help me uh, kind of, you know, take that next step. And that's, you know, bringing, bringing on that team. But um, a lot of the times we're t- thinking about how can I, you know, see all these patients and start my online business at the same time, or how can I see all these patients and also train, you know, a, a person at the, like to, to work uh, with me. Um, and it's like, no, who can help me do all these things, you know, yeah. or, or if I bring someone who can help me treat these patients, then I can focus on this. And now both of them start, you know, both, both your, you know, for, for example, for you, your, you know, pause together workshop and, mm-hmm. uh, is it, uh, little, no, little big, steps. Little steps, big strides uh, can also flourish Mm -hmm. at the same time. So, um, but it's not, it's easier said than done, right? (laughs) It is. But I I think too, like you brought up a great point. And I've been thinking about that a lot. Like what Greg had said on our our retreat weekend. And that really was sticking with me because I spend so much time trying to figure out things I can't do. Technology. um, (laughs) But, but so much other stuff. And I think there is, there are people who love to do stuff we don't do, right? Like there are, I remember I worked at one uh, canine vet rehab clinic. There was a woman there who loved paperwork. She loved paperwork. She loved organizing paperwork. Like, I mean, like, kill me now. There yeah. is nothing I hate more yeah, she than can paperwork. Do it all day for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, but there are like, we all have paperwork looming over our heads and stuff to organize and insurance companies to call. And, um, but there are people who love that stuff. So it's, yeah, Greg's right. Finding who can do it. And, and, you know, some people that's, that's their sweet spot, you know, and, and that's where they excel. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if there's anyone in Chicago like that, (laughs) (laughs) we can, we can put your phone number on (laughs) on the show notes. (laughs) Any any techie people? (laughs) We'll make it happen. We'll we'll figure something out for you. (laughs) And with a high school sibling, I actually thought like, can I hire? Cause like, you know how you hear about those, um, high school kids going into like retirement homes to teaching people like how to do YouTube to like talk to their grandkids and stuff like that. I actually thought like, can I take one of those classes? Like even if I don't live at the retirement home, I was thinking, can I just like put out an ad for a high school kid to do like Instagram posts for me or something? I love that. I love that. (laughs) Test test it out. Let me know how it goes because I might need some help too. (laughs) So, so Janine, what, what is next for you? What, what are your biggest goals in 2019 and beyond? Um, so my biggest goals are actually just to, um, take some of the, uh, mounds of notebooks of ideas that I've had for years and years and years and actually, um, get them going. I'm starting, it's slow, but I'm starting. Um, so actually to do, uh, I found a location to do some of my little steps for, uh, little steps. I can't say it now. What's my name? My company hobby, little steps, big strides for kids. (laughs) classes. So I found a place to hold the classes. I've hired someone to be, um, a, a manager. Um, so she's kind of good about, you know, she's like my new Stacy lighting a fire under me saying, okay, you got the location. Now we have to do this. Now we have to do this. So, um, hopefully sometime by the summer, I'll be holding those classes. Um, pause together workshop. We're working on our website right now. Um, we're working on getting our podcast going. Um, so that, and we're going to be building the pause together pack. Thank you for the name, Javi. Um, (laughs) So uh, those are the, my, my two big thing, getting my classes going and doing my, uh, getting the pause together workshop up and running. Cause that's been in the making for like, Oh God, six years, something like that. So it's, it's where it's the, it's the get her done year. I love it. I love it. So, Mm -hmm. so you've talked to me, if if you don't mind sharing uh, Mm -hmm. about, about Rosie's place. Um, Mm -hmm. Would you mind sharing, sharing what that's all about? Sure. So, um, 
so Rosie was my dachshund that I had before my two little guys now that we, um, that I talked to before who had the cancer diagnosis. So Rosie actually came to me. She was, I adopted her when she was paralyzed, um, and got her walking again. And, um, so yeah, when, we, when she finally started walking, we were like, Ooh, there's her, her medical challenge done. And now we can just live the next, you know, 10 to 15 years with her in pure bliss. And, um, about a year and a half after we adopted her, she was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and at the time in Chicago, they told us there was no treatment for her and that she had three to six months tops, um, which was devastating, as you can imagine. Um, she was, I tell people, I, you know, I don't know if your listeners are animal lovers or not, but if, if you are, she was truly my soulmate. And um, so to, you know, I was devastated beyond words. Um, we ended up taking her to the veterinary teaching hospital in Madison, and they gave us 34 more months with her. Um, which is amazing. And they were mostly really, really great months. Um, so Rosie and actually my two other little dachshunds that have come to me that have disabilities all came from really, really wonderful families, but their owners were no longer able to take care of them. Either they had their own physical problems or their own um, health issues and they could not care for their dogs that suddenly became disabled. Um, so I started thinking a lot of these dogs and fosters and rescue groups that have special needs are there because people love them, but they just financially or physically can no longer care for them. So I thought if we had like a nonprofit center where people could come and we could rehab their dogs or teach them how to adapt to a, a permanent disability, then a lot of these dogs could stay in the homes with their, with their owners. Um, so Rosie's place is, I used to say it was, if I won the lotto, it's what I would do because I truly would wake up and do it every day um, and be ecstatic about it. So I decided I'm, I'm probably not going to win the lotto, but that doesn't mean Rosie's place is still not going to happen. So that's, um, so all the businesses I'm doing, all the online stuff, everything I'm doing, it is because someday I want to wake up and I want to go to Rosie's place and I want to make that a reality. Um, so I want to work with rescue groups. I want to work with clinics. I want to work with, with people, um, anyone who loves their animals. And, um, there's a lot of tie-ins. I mean, literally I have notebooks of this hobby. I mean, I, I look like, remember that movie, A Beautiful Mind? Did you ever see that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. So I'm kind of like, I have a beautiful mind with all my notebooks and all my intersecting <laughs> ideas. Yeah. Um, but Rosie's place is a big one. And I, I truly want to make it like the Disney world, like the happiest place on earth to be and to work. And um, I have all these different ideas for tie-ins of things I want to do with it. But I, I really think even reaching out to like the community, um, I think sometimes you have, you have kids like at-risk youth, there's nothing more therapeutic than being near an animal. And I think teaching people how to take care of animals and the most vulnerable animals of all that have disabilities can really translate to how, um, you know, we teach people to take care of each other. And so maybe it sounds kind of pie in the sky or whatever, no. but, um, but I, that's, that's my thing. That's, that's kind of what gets me up in the morning and, and even when I kind of struggle with all the stuff, I just think like someday, yes. someday there's going to be Rosie's place. So that's, that's the eventual goal. I, I love it. I love it. And I think, I think I was going to tell you this off the air, but I think you need to start telling this story um, like everywhere. Uh, like just start putting it out there. Cause I want to help you build, you know, Rosie's oh. place. Like <laughs> and I'm sure it, like whoever's listening to this wants to help you. In, uh, like throughout your mission and with your mission of, of building this place out in the next, you know, a few years. So let's just start, keep on sharing, sharing it out, sharing it out. And, and, you know, you're going to find those people who are going to support you along the way and, and help it, help you push it forward a lot faster than, than you might think. So, um, so thank you so much for sharing that. I know 
it's, I, I mean, we've talked about it in the past and it's something that you're super passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I know you're going to make happen because uh, like you said, you wake up every single morning and, and that's like your big reason why. So mm-hmm. I want to make, I want to make it happen. I want to help you make it happen in any way I can. So you Thanks, let me know. Happy. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, so Janine, where, where can people find out more about you if they want to reach out to you or, you know, follow your content or anything like that? Um, well, it's in the works, so I'm hoping by the time your podcast is up already. Um, no, I, they're working on my, Louise is working on my site now, cool. but it's going to be littlestepspt.com. And then from that page, I'll have various pages to Little Steps Big Strides for Kids, Little Steps Big Strides for Pets, and maybe per your advice, I will put in a little uh, vision for Rosie's Place on there also. Yes. Littlestepspt.com. My Instagram and all that stuff is coming. So I would say uh, look for it there. I'll have the information there or right now, just bare basics, Janine Freeberg at yahoo.com. If I don't respond to you within the next day or two, email me again. And I will eventually <laughs> Perfect. Sounds great. So the podcast is probably going to be out next week. So you have a week to get everything ready. Oh. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. No, no, just kidding. But, um, but yeah, thank you so much for jumping on. Um, it was really a pleasure and an honor having you here. And thank you so much for just sharing your story. It really is inspiring. And, um, and yeah, if anyone wants to ask her any questions, either email her or reach out to me so that once her information comes out, I can go ahead and connect you with Janine. Uh, she's an amazing human being. So um, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, Abby. That was fun. All right. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the New Grad Physical Therapist Success Blueprint. If you have any questions or would like to speak to us directly about your New Grad PT experience, please do not hesitate to contact us at contactngptmentors.com. That is contactngptmentors.com. As always, we welcome you to join our free New Grad PT Mentorship group on Facebook. And we'd also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram at the New Grad PT Mentors. If you can think of at least one person who can benefit from listening to this episode today, please be sure to share it with them. We look forward to seeing you and them on the next episode of the New Grad Physical Therapist Success Blueprint. Thank you. Have an amazing day.